I just want to walk in and break the ice on some things. How many people from McMurray are here? Come on now, there you go. How many people from Texas Tech, I got to say this right, Texas Tech Nursing School? How many people in Cisco? You better raise your hand. Okay. How about Harden Simmons? You guys got the Bibles, don't you? How about ACU? Uh, Anyway, I want to welcome you to campus Sunday again. We open our doors for you guys. We, and I know what Alan said. I want to clarify something. We can change the campus. We change the world. We believe with, by faith we will change the campus and we will change the world. Amen? So we want you to come out and get something to eat. It's free. Free food. You know you don't have no money. <laughs> but I want to welcome you about today what we're going to speak about is God. I love talking about God. How many love the worship service, the worship part of the service? We're talking about God is awesome. God is amazing. God is fantastic. Reason why, God loves when you say something great about him and you talk about his attributes. One of his attributes is he is awesome. And today what we want to talk about, God is mighty. God is mighty and powerful and does all things well, does all things good. He always does good, as the word says. And what we're going to do today, we're going to go into the book of Psalms 139, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to look at what David, in the midst of trials and tribulations, sitting in a cave, being falsely accused. No one understood him. He was misunderstood. But he knew one person, the one entity, God knew him tremendously. And sometimes when you're going through a, such a struggle, it seems like it could be pressing on you at all sides. I just want to remind you, you have God, you got everything you need. And sometimes that's all you need to hold on to is him. But I want to really unpack this, let you know that he is mighty. He's awesome. He's mighty. He's good. His goodness, lasts, his, his mercy lasts forever. So when we do this, it's what I call it, it what it is, Psalm 139 is actually a theological psalm because it reveals the attributes of God. And one thing about an attribute, it doesn't change. Our God doesn't change his mind. We're going to talk about how big God is. I was looking at on television the other day. I remember in 1977 when I was only um, two years old, when the Voyager space cap, um, spaceship took off, and it was going to explore the planets, and now it's beyond the sun and in the realm of where the stars are, and the big galaxy is covered over all those years, do you know we have a God who's transcended that created all that? But also God is also, we have a God who created all that. It's personal. And what I want to do is unpack that. There's three things as we go through slowly one, Psalms 139. Now, when you talk about God, I meant to tell you that I need to put this in there. It takes you about four hours to get through it. So can you hang with me for four hours? I got one year. 
You keep saying, yeah, keep saying, yeah, I need that. Because we'll stay here five hours if you don't say anything. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Three things as we unpack this. Number one, God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. And God is omnipotent. Fancy words for one, God is all-knowing, he's all-present, and he's all-powerful. Whenever you see the word omni in the Latin, it means all. Second part of the word always means his attribute. These are his attributes. God is uh, present, he's with us, not because we're great, it's because that's who he is. So when we're going to talk about God, the God that we really want to know about, how he is, that he doesn't change. He won't stop being present. Yeah, I realize God doesn't have to have a plan on what's happening today. He already made the plan. It's written in his book. His whole plan, and we get to unfold it every week and every day if you, if you read the Bible every day. So let's start. This is David. God's omniscient. All-knowing. Okay? Verses 1 through 6. He said, Lord, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. And when you look at that, it says, I'm listening. God knows all things, actual, possible, whether past, present, or future. And this is David in a cave, realizing how much God truly knows each and every one of us. My lying down, my getting up. He even says, before I even give a word, he already knows what I'm going to say. If I have a bath or thought, he already knows what I'm thinking. A God that we serve who cares, and this is the weirdest thing about it, David knew he wasn't perfect, but the amazing thing is he was so blown away by it because even with my imperfection, God did not abandon me or reject me or give up on me. I want to encourage you to think I'm too bad for God. God is not going to abandon you. God's not going to reject you. And he's never going to give up on you. He was, that's why he's so blown away by it. God, I'm not perfect. He says, I know. But he knew everything. God knows everything about everything and everyone all the time. That is a powerful statement. He knows everything. Sound like your mother. Didn't your mother knew what you were going to do before you did it? Like she had radar? How'd you know that, Mom? <laughs> God told me. <laughs> right. How'd you know that? The neighbor told me. How'd you know that? I see it in you. He knows everything about everything. When I look at the world today, I don't believe God has to have a plan for what's going to happen next. Never God doesn't have to come. Hey, Father, Spirit, let's have a huddle. The economy's falling. What are we going to do? He already knows what to do. Create a plan that doesn't change. But he knows you better than you know yourself. Some of you say, I'm not worth anything. That's a lie. 
because you're known by God. Everything, the stuff we try to hide from, hide from people, he knows it. I remember when we used to drive in New York at 3 o'clock in the morning getting off work. There's no one at the light. Why would you stop? There's no one out here. That's what they say. Character is who you are when no one's looking. I'll just go by. Who's going to see me? God. Who's going to know I was going to do it before I do it? God. Matthew Henry says this. He knows what rule we walk by, what end we walk towards, what company we walk with. There's nothing hidden from God. He knows your ways. He knows your patterns. Interesting thing. We have a doggy, a dog called Bandit. Now, when we got the dog, his name was Chester. But we said, let's name him Bandit. And you know, Bandit became his name. Because God said, we'll name the animals. So we named him Bandit. So Bandit steals everything. And Bandit, when we go outside, he looks around to see if I'm looking. Don't go in the plant bed. It's not going to hurt you to go in the plant bed. I'm going to get hurt because I'll let you in the plant bed. He goes, he waits till I turn my head. And I said, Bandit, get out of that plant bed. And he has a short memory because he'll do it tomorrow. You know how God doesn't do that. When you're going in somewhere you shouldn't go. His grace. He already knows the plan. He already knows what's going to happen if you go there. But he doesn't say, get out of that plan. But he don't, like some people think, he's going to judge you and keep you from coming. That's why he's so good. He gives us freedom to live, freedom to choose. But he doesn't tell you, stop. Now, if you read his word, it tells you the plan. He never tells you to stop. It just tells you what you can do which is always more glorious than what you want to do. But he's a gentleman. So when you try to hide out, sneak. Who do you think you're hiding from? He knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. Isaiah 40, 28 says this. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. I'm so glad he's everlasting. The creator of the earth, ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable, as David said, is unsearchable. There's no way I can understand everything God's saying or doing in his ways. Why he doesn't get exhausted. You ever see the beginning in Genesis? It says God there was and God said and it became. He didn't have to lift a hand to create anything. Let there be light. Light. Let the seas be formed. See, the only thing he used his hands on because he loves us is the creation of man. He said, let me form this guy out of some good dirt. Not that, not, not Lowe's cheap soil. <laughs> some good dirt because the ground was fertile. He created everything for us to enjoy. And then he put his hands on and he fashioned us to show us, yeah, I created the universe, but I created everything because you're my special child, and my son and daughter. Yeah. He may became personal in that moment. 
and knew what was going to happen next. But he didn't blow us up and start over because he loves us. He's not a great, he's a judge, but I mean, he's a bigger father and the creator of, have you not heard about our creator? Have you not heard? Have you not seen? How can you walk outside and deny God? When you see the stars and the sun comes up every day, and y'all in Texas, I wish the clouds come up and get some rain. He knows it's coming. Who does that? The Big Bang? I don't think so. Who created the Big Bang? I want to encourage you. God is with you. Second thing, omnipresent. All present. I love this. It says verse 7 through through 12. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is hell, you are there. If I take the wings in the morning, which he's talking about, and the sun comes up in the morning, if you head all the way east, you are there. And if I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, which is where he's talking about going west, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall what? Hold me. Right hand is a hand of honor protection. The darkness shall not cover me. The light about me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. Can I stop there? Someone, you might feel like you're in a dark place. Not to God. It's as light with you. For darkness is as light with you. If you feel like you're being pressed and life is disappointing you, God is with you, you're in a great place. Because what we call darkness, to him is light. Turn to the light. Don't turn to more darkness. Turn to him. I like this. Where can you go? Omnipresent. God is everywhere present and totality at the same time. Now, that ought to be a comfort that God, here's the thing, comfort. If you have any issues you're going through right now, you can have comfort that God is with you right in the middle of it. Right in the center of it. That's the reason why you're not gone yet. He's right there with you. Now, if you're in the wrong place, there's a warning. He's right there with you. But more of a comfort, he is right there with us. You don't have to call on him to show up. He's here. It's amazing. We used to be excited about that. God is here? Yeah. We think we have to go two streets down. Let me go over to Chicago because they got a better service. God's there. No, God's right here. <laughs> we used to deal with people. Well, I'm going to fly all the way from Okinawa to get healed. You can get healed right here. Why are you going to spend $4,000 to go get someone to lay hands on you? Go talk to Elder Terry. He'll lay hands on you. Be healed. God's everywhere. The totality of the same. He can do all things well. You have one, two, three, five people on here, and God is speaking differently to all five of them at the same time. That's what I like about life. Small group. What did God say to you today? I didn't hear that part. And everyone has a different part because he speaks at the same time differently to everybody else. That's amazing. When you read that, like, oh, my gosh. God, you're so amazing. And you're not just partially here. I don't have a part-time God. He's fully here. And you know what I like about Christianity? Our God's alive. People chase things that are dead. I got to chase a guy who died 20 years ago, 30 years ago. 
or an idol who can't talk back to me? So I like about it. God can be in count, countless places involved with many different situations simultaneously. There's a story in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 18. This is a showdown of the prophets of Baal and the prophet Elijah, one guy, about who's the greatest God there is. And he kept telling the people from Israel kept bouncing back and forth. We like Baal. We like God Almighty. He said, let's have the showdown and see who's most powerful. I like this part. And they get together. And the 450 of them, you figure they got the advantage. He said, you call on your God. We'll set up a sacrifice. You call on your God and see if he shows up. Well, they're in there. They're like, Oh, Baal, help us. Oh, Baal, please help us. And there's nothing going on all day. They even stood up on chairs. Baal, please help us. Baal, help us. Well, it didn't work, so they start cutting themselves. Baal, would you show up? Elijah, I like when you're walking with the boat. You get a little, you get a little, um, um, he got a little, um, I like Elijah because he was tough. He got a little, um, arrogant with him. He said, why don't you guys scream a little louder? <laughs> Maybe he's musing. That means he's busy meditating. He can't hear you. He said, no, nah, maybe it's not that. Maybe he's actually, this is in the Bible, he's relieving himself in the bathroom. That's why he can't come out. Yeah, I was like, that's in the Bible? Yeah. You get called and you're in the bathroom while you're coming out. <laughs> not until you're what? Done. You'll say, this is in the Bible? Yes, 1 Kings 18. <laughs> so, Baal can't come out because he's in the bathroom. Sorry. What's about to read? He's in the bathroom. Anyway. <laughs> maybe he went on a journey. He's too far away. Or maybe he's just sleeping, man, because he ain't getting up if it's past 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Baal's sleeping. And they called, and they cut, and Nothing. And Elijah said, God, just to make these guys know that you are king of all and lord of all, you already know, I already know you hear me because you told me to do this. And God came down. And he said, let me up the ante because we got wood and everything. Let me pour a little water because it was a drought in them days. He said, God came down from heaven, sheesh, lapped up the water a little bit, showed up with one call. He wasn't taking a leak. He wasn't sleeping. Whenever you're in trouble, you always call that person, can you help me? They can't hear you. They don't understand what's going on with you. The only one that understands what's going on is God Almighty. Call him first. We have, you know, I need this. If I have another job, job can't help you. Only God can help you. The job's over here. Or if I go somewhere else, I'll, get, I'll have a fresh start. Start right here. The grass is not greener over there because you showed up. The same issues you left with here, you're going there with them. Yeah. I'm still here. And yeah, it's still here. I can understand these people are still the same. No, you're the same. It's you. It's you. I don't know why I'm going there with that. If I go to another church, and then the problem ain't with God, he's right here. He's ever present. He ain't walking away. 
He ain't leaving you. Your idols will. You know? I do have a little issue. Everyone, you know, Christianity, we're the heroes, but we keep looking for one. The T-bows. I'm T-bowing. You ain't going to see your brother do that. T-bowing. What are you doing? Why? You're the hero. We're looking for heroes, and you're sitting. You're the heroes. The same God that he's walking with in the bigger lights, the same God you're walking with on campus and in your workplace. Stop trying to look for heroes. And if you don't make it, they're persecuting them. I'm not going to go there. I'm not Stephen A. Smith. We're going to keep moving. Brother just can't throw. Anyway, but he's a great guy. But you even put pastors on pedestals like that. Or people become your idols. They're gone. My life is over. Everything's, why is your life over? God is still here. Start over again. They taught you something. I don't call Pastor Jeff Lewis and say, Jeff, you know, when you were here, man, I was doing all those great things, and now you're gone. Can you call me? What? He says, that means I built wrong, Rich. I built you so you can get and do stuff here. We put people above God. And he's right here with us. Always present. He said, put me to work. I love some scriptures. I love this. It says Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and good. You remember Jonah? Because here's one thing I wrote. You'll never go where God is not. We'll never go where God is not. Remember Jonah? God told Jonah, hey, dude, I want you to speak to these people. Jonah said, took him three days to get there. He said, uh, I'm not going there. So he went the other way. Now, you know, that's not good because the plan didn't change. So he goes, he gets on the boat. God can't be here. I'm hiding. Storm comes. They're like, what is going on? And they start believing, oh, you're the guy. What did we do to you? Your God's powerful. We don't believe in him, but he's powerful. I guess we need to throw you overboard. Right. You get thrown overboard. God's man. Right? Get thrown overboard. Next thing happens, he gets picked up by a fish. A big fish. Now, you know, who, who, wins, who goes fishing? What happens when you cut that fish open? The stomach. Is it nice and neat? No, no. Some of you are like, ick. Well, he's in there, ick. God, why am I in this fish? And he's praying to God, get me out of this fish. You know, you think, oh, that was a great story. No. It's the greatest story. Because God never abandoned him. See, Johnny, you got it? <laughs> Three days, man, smelling this, this stuff. And this guy keeps eating. Lord, get me out of here. He, cons- he actually, when you read the scripture, he considers himself being in, in hell. That's how bad it was. But he didn't lose his man. Spits him up, you know, and I'm talking about throwing up, not like, yeah, pop out. <laughs> Y'all getting gross. You're not going to eat lunch now, are you? <laughs> Goes out, spits him up. Johnny, you ready? I guess so, man. You wasted three days, man. You could have been done. He knew that God was going to redeem those people. 
And, you know, sometimes God loves people we don't. But here's the thing. Some of you feel like you're in a fish. God didn't let you go. The plan hasn't changed. He doesn't change plans because you take a detour. The plan's always the same. Your name is written. If you're a born-again believer, your name is written in the, in the Lamb of Life. It's already ordained. The next one I'm going to talk about. You make a detour. He's not going to, oh, Jesus, we need to change the plan. No, I already got the plan. Don't worry about it. They'll get back in line. Jonah got spit back up, and he went and did what he had to do. He didn't fire him because he took a, a shortcut. None of y'all are going to be fired from God because you took a couple shortcuts. God isn't going to get rid of you. If he ordained you, he's going to make sure you get done. One writer put it this way. We're immortal until we get God's plan done on earth. And when you're done, it's time to go home. God has a plan for each and every one of you. Just because you took a couple shortcuts or took a long turn, he's not he's going to, hey, if you feel like you're in a fish, he'll spit you up and put you back to work. And dust you off, clean you up, turn you around, give a new jacket of praise on you, and you get to going. That's what he does. Why? Because he's present. He sees it. He's around us. It's an interesting thing when you read this. Hebrews 4.13. So there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all are what? Naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Here's what I like about this other one. Romans 8, when you feel you're disconnected from God and you feel like, God, you don't hear me. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this. For I'm sure of this. Everyone says, I'm sure of this. That neither death, nor light, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. That's why he created you. You can't mess it up unless you don't even receive him. One of the greatest judgments on the world today is not God is pressing you somewhere. It's when you say, I don't want your hand on me. Do what you want. That's judgment as, it is, as itself. When I want to do what I want to do. You want to send lightning bolts from heaven? You're going to kill yourself. Last one. Omnipotent. All powerful. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. When you read that, David understood something. What it really means in the Latin and the Hebrew, I am an awesome wonder. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? When's the last time you told yourself, in God's eyes, I am an awesome wonder? It's not being cocky. It's about reflecting the truth. I am. You are an awesome wonder. Let's keep reading. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, unformed substance, substance in your book were written, every one of them. The days were formed for me when there were yet none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. In the middle of a cave, he understood something. I'm still with you. All things can be present, but I'm with you. Omnipotent uh, uh, means this. 
God is all-powerful and can do anything that is consistent with his nature. Reason why God is always there, because that's his nature. Not because we're special. That's his nature to be everywhere. Here's the thing. We are a physical miracle created by the power of God. Whenever the world screws up creation, we, mess, we cause confusion. We are a physical miracle. You are created by the power of God. Eugene Peterson says this, in the presence of birth, we don't, act, we don't calculate, we marvel. Birth is a powerful existence. Before you even thought about, before your mom and dad came, you were. Before they came together, you were. Oh, my gosh. You mean in the depths of the earth? That will kill all the abortionist thing now. You were. I was thinking about you in the ground. Whenever you're um, a foster kid or an adopted kid, you always hear this thing. We didn't plan for you. That's a lie. Because you were planned way before time started. Way before they even created the earth. You were created. You were planned. Not created. Planned. Before time even thought about time. God is timeless. He's not, con- he's not caught up with time and space. He talks about hemming you in. He talks about he holds me secure because I'm valuable. Because you're valuable. This is one of the hardest messages to preach people tell them that I'm valuable because you know why? You rate life by what life you see out here. You don't rate life by how the creator designs you. You're created special and you look great. World comes in, I'm not worth it, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm this, let me blow up, let me push up, let me do all that. Now, I'm not against whatever that stuff is. If you need to fix the barn, fix the barn. But don't look in the mirror and say, I'm a wreck. Don't look in the mirror and say, I was a mistake. Don't look in the mirror and say, I didn't count. When in the very beginning, before the earth was formed, you count. You count it, and you count today. You count tomorrow. You will be missed. Reason why we have, seem like every time I turn around, suicides are just on a rise because people forget this part. They judge their life on what they're doing or what they see. They don't judge their life on who God created them to be. And with young people, don't spend your life. What has God called me to do? No, God, who am I? He'll tell you what to do. When you know what to do, who you are, you'll know exactly what to do. Because if you chase what to do first, you'll try to change yourself to do it. And that's not, you're out of spot. But when you know who you are, he'll tell you what to do. And the first thing you got to know, you are God's creation. You are a mind, you are awesome. You are wonderfully, you're an awesome wonder. And I don't care what your parents said. I don't care what your friend said. It's a lie. Because I know what the Bible says. Listen to the scripture in Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Knew. Past tense. Before you were born, I 
consecrated you. That means I set you apart to be somebody special. Man, I'm about to get excited. I got in this thing. And then I appointed you a prophet to the nation. That's why being in this environment is amazing. Because you get with people who have that mindset, see the greatness in you and want to pull it out. Not for what you've done, but who you are. We try to look beyond what you've done. We look who you are. I informed you. I knew you. I set you apart. You all need to write that down. That is you. It doesn't matter if you came by this way or that way. It doesn't really matter. Because I know who I am. And I went through some stuff to do what I'm doing now. Most people die because they believe what they see or what they heard from outside of God's source. You were a mistake. Your parents never really loved you. You're so ugly. Nobody's going to want you. Your husband don't love you. My wife doesn't love me. No one cares about me. And you forgot the intrinsic value that God put in each and every one of you because that's his that's him. Love is an attribute. It doesn't change. Because you did something great, it doesn't change. If you did something negative, it doesn't change. My love for you doesn't ever change. That's why I formed you. I know he has a sense of humor, especially the way he forms us. Especially me. Because as you get older, things change in your life. You get hurt just waking up. Life, structure and meaning of one's life is established from the beginning by God. If you came through, that is you. Your structure, your life, and your purpose is only through God. Don't let other people try to give you a, form your world. They will always form it too small. Because they'll form you by what they want to they see versus what God says. And he's always thinking about you. How many have been to the beach? How do you count the sand? His great thoughts to how do you? I'm going to sit there and count the sand, honey. Hey, I'll see you in 100 years. You're not going to get through it. That's how God's thoughts are taught us. Think about that. He's thinking about you right now. He's thinking about the issue you're going through right now. No one knows. No one knows. I'm so cool. It's because it's Sunday. I look pretty. He knows. <laughs> and if someone's prophetic, they know. And we see it. That's what leaders do. They see. And they take you to a place you don't really want to go. But you're so happy when you get there. We know when we talk about small groups and life groups, you don't want to do it. You hate people. You do. I, I spend all day with people. I can't stand people. We know that. Because if you want, if you love people, you go. But and you have excuses. Well, I don't want to commit. Don't want to connect because we know you don't like people. He knows that because you. I tell him, well, God, you know, I overslept, man. You know. No, you don't know. He knows. Who are you? And don't define what you do. Who are you? Because when you know who you are, 
you'll know what to do. Don't spend your time, young people, trying to figure out what to do. Spend your time knowing who you are. And spend your time with people who can help you know who you are. Because one, we connect to God and you connect to God's people. And you can't do it separately. I never heard of a guy on, on, a, on an island by himself figure out life. He should have figured out he's all by himself. Not what you do. It's not about the people. It's about who God puts in your path. Who are you? The last scripture. You have multiplied, O oh Lord, my God. Your wondrous deeds, your thoughts taught who? Taught who? None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be what? <laughs> Go to the beach next week. Try to count the sand. You get about 200. That's how many thoughts God had in you in a second. He says, I see you, formed you, set you apart, and all you got to do is spend the rest of your life with me, and I'll show you. And apart from that, We'll do what a lot of society is doing and young people, which I'm really scared about, taking their lives at a young age because they leave, leave the high, the lies, versus what God said. And they got plenty of negatives today. But any people like us, our society, I don't care if you can be 60 and feel like you wasted your life, but people like us, believers, who know who they are, to tell them who they are. More than they can be told. Every head bowed, every eye closed.